0: You're listening to a sermon podcast from Paramount Church in Columbus, Ohio. To learn more, visit ParamountColumbus.com. Glad that you're here this morning. One thing I was a little amiss, um, we have guests here. We, uh, I, I didn't welcome you well this morning or at all. We're extremely grateful that you are here if you're a guest uh, with Paramount Church and those sitting around. We'll be glad to help you gather any information that you might need or any questions you might have, but uh, we want to say welcome and we are extremely grateful that you have joined us this morning to worship the Lord together. Um, We are taking a break. I wanted before we got started, I had a question going, how did did you uh, get your telescope turned around last week? If you weren't here for the message last week, you have no idea what I'm talking about. However, I thought last week's message was extremely, extremely good, helpful, beneficial. I sat there praying for people within the church, people outside the church, and thinking, if we could get this, and we could get this into our lives, it would radically change the way that we would live, radically help. Our struggles, and that's part of what I know because of counseling that we do here and struggles that people have, I can promise you, you can go up to anybody in this world and given enough time and you ask them enough questions, there is some really heartache and some difficult things going on in their lives. And if it's not in their lives, it is being impacted by the members of their family and the lives that are of the families. And last week is getting us in a proper perspective so that we see our lives through the lens of looking at God and all that is going on in heaven and all that He is doing here as opposed to looking at our lives in, in, the, in a larger sense and focusing on our lives and then, oh yeah, by the way, I look at God. And so it was extremely, extremely helpful in my mind. I'm thinking, God, if, you could, if we could get this view going all the time, it would be nothing that would almost set you back. And yet I understand there are real struggles. But what a great help it was into hearing the word that was preached. It was a powerful message filled with great hope and how that dramatically changes the way we, that we live. So, this morning we are taking a break. We've been working our way through the book of Revelations. And so, every year at this time in November, we take one Sunday and we set aside and, and call what Pastor Rush had already stated that this is the state of the church. This is a, a look at the church and a little bit of where we come from, where we are, and where we're going. I'm going to do that built around the passage of Scripture that you already heard read this morning out of 1 Corinthians 15. But I'm also going to use, it's very simplistic, usually you will take a lot more notes probably than you will this morning. But it's going to be built around what we call our four pillars of our church. The things that help guide us, the things that help keep us on track. They are gospel, change, community, and mission. These are the things that we tend to ...that guide us, that keep our focus in the direction that we feel like God would have us to be going as a church. These are the things that we're trying to accomplish through different means as we look at these four pillars... Um, as you will see, the first one out of it that we will talk about is gospel of first importance. As you hear that passage of Scripture read in verse 3, I'll go back and cover that. For I delivered to you of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins, and according with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day, in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. The gospel. The gospel covers a lot. We use that word around here a lot. Almost sometimes to the point of we, I'm not trying to, to nitpick, but I guess I am. We say gospel as opposed to saying Jesus. You, you, you and, and we know, and hopefully you will know, but we that is the gospel, right? That is Jesus. What He did. He left heaven. He came. And He was lived a perfect life, and so that he could come and make the sacrifice, he was crucified on the cross, he was put to death, he was buried, he rose again and is seated at the right hand of God. We were in a meeting the other day with all three pastors and two other men from this church meeting with a a group of people, and we're sitting there, and the guy says, hey, before we get started, I want you to tell me what the gospel is. So all five of us are sitting there kind of looking at each other, and Rush had already started being sort of the speaker, so he jumped in. It was just interesting because here we go. This is what we say, are you ready? And he walks through this presentation of the gospel. And it is, it's the exaltation of Jesus Christ. It's what Jesus has done Our church name comes from this passage of Scripture because this is why we came here. It is to take and to preach this gospel. You'll hear at the end of this passage, we preached, you believed. That's simple. We uh, choose this time. We started meeting 10 years ago today in Maryland Elementary School where we will be having our Thanksgiving feast and inviting others to come. Why? So they can hear the gospel. So that we'll keep the gospel paramount. That we want to feed people. We want to love on people. We want to meet people's needs. But the greatest thing that we can do for those folks is to give them the gospel. And to keep that central in this church. Ten years ago, we started meeting over there. We were meeting in houses. We had reached a point where we said, hey, we're going to transition to to a school. And so we started meeting over there. Setting up chairs. Making places for children. Um... It was just, that's, that's where we started. Um, so much so that it's like when we came here to start sharing space with a church, a good, uh, good Shepherd Lutheran church, we come to discover in that whole process, they started in Maryland Elementary School as a church plan. And so here we come in and we're falling in and we're trying to, to, to gather together here on Sundays Um four or five years ago, as we started meeting here, we had developed a relationship that basically was initiated by Rush uh, as he first landed here and went around and introduced himself to most all of the, the pastors in the area. At the, at the time there was a different pastor that was here. We came back and we made a relationship with this guy here. And before you know it, we're asking, saying, hey, can we share space together? We were praying all the while that God would give us this building that he would give us this land. And I literally mean I wanted him to give it to us. Now he didn't, and that doesn't mean that he didn't answer my prayers. He answered our prayers, but I I literally wanted to say, just give it to us. It can be done. It happens, you know? Um, But we built a relationship with them. We started gathering together. We were sharing space on Sundays, So the Lord had given us the ability, we're kind of outgrowing the school, we come over here and we're sharing space and we're loving on this older congregation that is dwindling down and hasn't been able to continue to grow and they graciously welcomed us in. We loved on these folks and before you know it, about two or three years in um, Rush has somebody call him, meets with them, they're interested in purchasing a part of this property and we said don't do that. We've been trying to figure out how a way that we could come in and approach these folks and say, hey, we would like to see if we can purchase this building or if you would give us this building. And so in that process um, we ended up, and so it kind of pushed us to kind of say, okay, we we need to go a little bit further. And so we started pressing in, and so we had a meeting with the pastor. and I had lunch with him one day, and we made somewhat, you know, I said, hey, what are we doing? We're really interested. Somewhat made an offer off the cuff, and he said, really? And I said, "Uh, yeah, he says, "Uh, that's a good offer. And I said, hmm, I'm sitting there praying to God going, I got no business, I got no necessarily authority. We didn't come up with a number, it's just I threw it out there. All to say, we couldn't afford this property. If we had to pay for this property at at a value that it's worth, we couldn't do it. It's not possible. And so the offer was, like if you could do something like this, then we could do that. And basically over a period of time, we reached an agreement. And we purchased this building and this property for $175,000. There's actually seven lots on this property that could be divided up and put homes on. If you know anything about Bexley, it's worth a whole lot more. matter of fact, one of those lots is worth more than that amount. I say all of this because in last week's message, he talks about God is, 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 is protecting, is, is preserving His people. He is providing for His people. He has provided for us. We've landed here. We had people support us. We started gathering over there, just going with the gospel as he uh, taught in ABF this morning about one of the people that, that came to know Christ As we landed here and you watch God take this place and bring us over here and give us this. And all the while this is transitioning and taking place right about the time COVID is going on. Well at the same time I'm working part time. Russia's been supported full time. The church is supporting me part time. Well at that time in about January or February of 2020 I believe it was. And we made a decision, hey, I think I can go full-time. The church will fully support me along with Rush, and we purchased a building. We closed on a Monday. We did all that, and we quit meeting on the following Sunday because COVID had caused everybody to shut down. And they're sitting here going, hmm, <laughs> isn't that Interesting. I say all of it to see God has continually to preserve us as a church and provide for us and has met our needs. Many churches didn't make it through COVID. But because of the faithful giving of our people and this body that is built together for the sake of the gospel, we are still here and we're still moving forward. Thank you. That's a miracle. We didn't get to celebrate that. We literally got this. God gave this to us for a ridiculous amount of money. And here we go. The very next Sunday, we close your doors. Y'all have to stay home. We cannot gather here. We now own a building that nobody can come to for months. For months. And so I say that because I do want to have some sort of celebration that we didn't really get an opportunity to do that. By the time we came back, we're trying to survive. People are leaving. People are actually fighting over what's going on in masks, and it's going on within the church. And yet we have been preserved, and God is continuing to lead and guide us in the direction, and we're striving to keep this gospel paramount. Your application for this, just talking about the gospel, is that you will pray that this church will keep that paramount. Because there's a lot of distractions, even when we went through COVID. People want you to do this, they want you to do that. They're divided, they're almost 50-50, maybe not quite that much. There's a lot of division that took place in the church over masks. Seriously? We as pastors were praying about something else that was coming, and probably dealing with children, and, and, and I'll never forget, Isaac looked at us going, wow, we didn't even make it. It only took mass to bring that to head, didn't it? But to watch God's people, don't take it for granted. It's hard to keep the paramount gospel. The gospel paramount. I said that backwards. I at least caught that. Keep the gospel paramount. It's, it's, it's no light tack. Don't take that for granted. Don't take that for granted. That we are exalting Jesus Christ in the gospel constantly. That it is primary. During that time, the Lord gave us interns. um, Young people who came that now have gone and one has planted a church on the west side. What? With the same four pillars in His church that is in ours and keeping the paramount gospel and reaching those over on the west side. I, I keep saying it backwards. <laughs> Keeping the paramount gospel. Keeping the gospel paramount. He gave us one that has gone and become a, a youth pastor in a church in Missouri. Amy, who you know, has been home and has become a missionary. She was uh, overseas. She's now coming back and getting married. Be careful what you ask for. She's now going, her husband, her future husband... As a missionary over in Thailand. God has given us Isaac. Isaac came as like a pastor in training with Josh. I say this to add to the prayer of keeping the paramount gospel. To continue to pray that that would happen. Keeping the gospel paramount. I'm just going to quit saying it. I'll move to point two. That will help. I say that because we long for that to continue to happen. We want that to to come again and again. We had college kids that were here that are now married. And they now have children. And they're also trying to figure out how do you do life with children? How do you do church with children? How do you serve the Lord with children? Let me encourage you. Build your family around the church. Do not forsake this church. There's nothing special about the church. It's the church. It's God's people. And this is where the gospel goes forth. And this is how we encourage one another. And we we fight to, to take this gospel to this city, to this little community, to Columbus, to this state, to the other side of the world. And God did that in us. And we don't have that now. We need more college kids because these people grow up. They graduate from college. They get jobs and they faithfully give to this church. It's what helped this church transition from being supported from outside help to we are self-supportive and we're helping plant another church. And we want to continue to do that. So pray that that will continue to take place as we keep the gospel paramount and moving it forward. Point two would be, I would say application, always striving to keep the gospel of first importance. The gospel is paramount. We want that to to, to make sure that we don't ever lose sight of that. And it's easy to get drawn away with a lot of good things. But it's not the best thing. And so pray and and you help us as pastors. You question. We look and we, we strive as we keep this gospel paramount. Two is be around change and community. I'd like for you to turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read quickly here. Ephesians 4, I'll get the first three verses and then we'll jump down to verse 11. I therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness and patience bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 11, "...and He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the other part of our, our four pillars and it, we look at and that we are all to be growing up to full maturity in Christ Jesus. As individuals, as a body of believers, this is how we are to be growing together. This is why the church exists. So that we take this gospel. This gospel is not just for salvation. This gospel is for our sanctification. We're reminded. I need to preach the gospel to myself every morning when I get up and I look at myself in the mirror and say, Man, you're a sinner. And without Christ, I would have no hope. I will go off. And if I don't walk with the Lord and and, and walk with his spirit and be guided by this gospel message and the scriptures, I will, I will forsake. I will forsake. Till we all grow to full maturity in Christ Jesus. Praise God for what He is doing here. People are being changed here. I can grab any one of you and, and sit down and say, man, look at what the Lord has done. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at people and I know, personally, I know struggles that God has carried you through. I've seen in those sufferings and in the, that struggles in life, how God has made us who we are, that He's making us more like Christ. Christ came here to suffer and to die so that others could be saved, so that all could be saved. And I look at lives and I'm going, I've watched. And I've met. And I see God has grown us in maturity. There's others that come in that are more new that I don't know as well. But we are here to grow into full maturity in Christ Jesus. We do part of that through our community groups. Let me encourage you. we started to make it a requirement just because we, as part of church membership, we still tell you very strongly you need to be a part of a community group. We actually would like for you to be a part of a community group before you join the church. It's that important. Why? Let me tell you why. I've been in churches now for probably over 40 or 50 years. I have to question myself and think I'm now 64. What was I when I was 21? You know, was then involved in a church, it's a very solid church, very healthy discipleship taking place, preaching of the word. Matter of fact, we used to get preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. Ready to sign up for that? It does make me wonder, because I can remember sitting in a staff meeting one time, and we looked at a church and evaluated what they were doing, and a guy came back and said they basically asked for about five hours a week out of their people. At that time, our church was requiring almost 21 hours, if you included your travel time. Just through three three worship services and visitation. And if you had a fellowship with your Sunday school class, which would be like your small group. I couldn't get 21 hours out of you if I'd, I would love to. But I did, I did question, I can never, I'll always remember going, how are you going to make disciples in five hours a week? How are you going to develop a, a group of people who will go out and lay their lives down for the sake of the gospel? Who will leave their families to go and to take the gospel? That's what we're called to do. And this world is just pressing in on us, and it's got us so busy that we just have whittled church down. And I'm not trying to say, wow, if we got 20 hours, we would be going crazy. We probably would be going crazy. It's not just to try to make a point. In my heart is for every one of us to grow to full maturity in Christ Jesus. I can remember in those days, and Russia introducing me to counseling. And counseling was somebody who was struggling. And then they would leave and they would go and try to get some encouragement from some of the other uh, church members, and hearing the statement again and again, I know the Bible says that, but. And I'm like, Really? And yet we had the tendency to do the same thing. I sat here and I talked about last week. Why? Because did you apply last week to your life? The reason why this is so important because our tendency is to come in and to hear, to be somewhat impressed or stirred and not, not let it deeply root into your heart and take it and say, hey, make me more like Christ. Help me to make the sacrifice. Help me to walk differently than the rest. Give me a heart's desire that if God asks me to go, I'm gone. How are we going to get the gospel out? It's a sacrifice. It's going to cost you. Christ paid everything. He's the example. That's who we're growing into. The other tendency is, I'm good right here. Don't ask me to go here. I'm, I'm good right here. And I can look around and I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm about as good as you are, I think. Don't settle. Do not Settle. And that's why it's so important because community group, community group leaders, let me encourage you, those within the group, we do this together. We make application because this world is pressing in on us and people are making decisions and we watch as pastors and there's times where you watch decisions and you're going ugh Really? Lord, why are you taking them here? To be honest with you, I'm, I kind of... <laughs> Lord, are you really calling them here? There's times where you have your people that are making decisions and going places and they're very subtle and they're not necessarily sinful but they're not extremely helpful for you to be a part of this body and to go in a direction that says hey we're going here and we're committed to one another. I think this is good for us to do because at some point there's there's, there's an opportunity that what we miss now in the church that that what I experienced was there's always a vision casted. You know clearly what the vision is. We came here to be a part of, we were part of a pillar network that is a church planting church. The philosophy was go to a major city where there's not very many gospel-centered churches. Plant there Try to be successful in the sense that God establishes you there and then you be a church planting church. And then Josh goes over to the west side and he has the same philosophy. He is a church planting church. Well, for us to do that, you have to have a body of people who are committed and are willing to say, no, I'm not going to go there because I'm a part of this church and I believe in that philosophy. We're going to keep the gospel central into what we're doing and we're going to go all the way that we can for Christ in, in exalting Him and taking this gospel. And that takes people sticking together. You can't send out if you're constantly having people leaving. We only were able to send two or three people Two or three families with Josh. It would be great to send 15 or 20. It makes life so much easier. Or if we would have had another elder that would have been able to go along with him. Somebody that's a little older. He's a young man. He don't know what he doesn't know. (laughs) He got mad at me one time, or irritated. I shouldn't say. We were having a discussion, and we're both very passionate. And he looked at me, and he goes, well, how old do I have to be? I said, I don't know, but I can tell you, you ain't old enough. (laughs) I don't know what the magic age is. I know Rush struggled with that when we were coming here to plant. He was in his mid-30s to late-30s, I think. That's why he asked me, because I was older. I said, well, I've never done this. I'm not going to be any help to you. I had a lot of ministry experience that he didn't have. Together... God knitted us together, brought Isaac along, and and, and strengthens that. But I'm I'm, I'm, I'm challenging you to say, this is the vision. Did you come here just to see what you could get from a church or how this helps you in your life? Those are good things. We long for those things. But I long more for you to grow to full maturity in Christ Jesus and go with everything that you have for him. I long for this church, his church. That's what we feel like that is his calling. I'm telling you, community group is essential, essential to making sure that we apply the scriptures. We can come in and hear and never make application. Don't just be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. And so the encouragement is fight to keep those groups on track. 'Cause it's real easy to get distracted. Life is in this world is pressuring us, trying to conform us, and scripture is extremely clear. Don't be conformed. Because it knows that's what's gonna try to happen. It stings. When somebody leaves. And even for the good reasons. You're just like, Lord, really? And I know things happen. I know this is not the only church. I'm just trying to tell you, our hearts as pastors is to continue to grow and to grow and so what we can go plan another church that we have some other young intern coming through and he is working with us he's on staff with us he is in meetings with us we're grooming and helping him and shaping him and conforming hoping give him wisdom that he can leave with to go plan another church we have no desire we have we're grateful for this building but another building might be better. Probably more just for educational space than it is for worship. All to say, we're not looking to, to have a really large church. We're looking for a healthy church that's continually to send out. That the heartaches come because we do have somebody going over to the other side of the world to be a missionary. We lost a guy who... Loves the Lord with everything that he has. And he's gone to the west side. And is struggling. And is fighting. And is having babies. He's got more babies. You can't even physically have babies that fast. (laughs) And he is in the middle of planting a church. Establishing a church. Community groups. Extremely important. Focused discipleship. Apply. What is the state of the church? What is the state of your community group? The group that you're involved with, discuss that. Leaders, think about that. We have a lot of responsibility that is put on those community group leaders Why to continue to keep this thing on track. It's easy to even get off and go, hey, we'll we'll just make this a whole time of prayer. That's not a bad thing. It's just not the total purpose of what the group is for. There's a, a, a prayer group that meets every Tuesday morning, and there's one night, a Sunday night a month that we meet for prayer. I'm not trying to say, stop praying. We all pray. But here's the main points of those community groups. And keep those on focus. What can you do? What's the state of your community group? What things that we hey tighten up, tighten up. It's easy to fellowship. It's easy to eat and fellowship. Those are all good things. Prayer is a great thing. Matter of fact, you can't move forward without praying. There's just other times. This is the primary purpose of that during this week. There'll be times where we may pray more in the community group, but it is to look at one another and going, "Hey, man, did you turn your telescope around this past week? Did you get a proper view of God in your life and the power and everything that is going on and His sovereign control? Why am I worried? Remember Sunday morning, I don't need to be worried." God's got it all under control. Is it suffering? Yes. But he's in control of that. What's he doing? How does he want me to respond? What does he want me to do in this suffering? How can I minister to somebody else? Make the application of continued focused discipleship. Because out of this, let me just tell you, that's not enough. One sign to me as a pastor is when you know you're hurt, the church is pretty healthy, that you start hearing that men and women are meeting on their own to discuss and memorize and apply the Scriptures together. On a regular basis. Something that the church didn't structure or organize. That's encouraging. That's the work of God. Saying, hey, I want more. Sunday morning, community group, it's not enough. I want more. Will you help me? Will you help me have more? That happened over this last week or two. The rest of the, Yeah, I'll help you. I'll walk with you as long as you want to walk. Thirdly, our fourth pillar is missions. Long more for people to be saved. Back to First Corinthians fifteen, ten and eleven. But by the grace of God I am what I am and His grace toward me was not in vain. God saved me and I'm living, He's living a life that He's making it. And He says on the contrary, He says, I work harder than any of them though it was not I but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we preach and so you believed. I'm a guy who loves the, the aspect of work as hard as you can. Rush is the more, you've heard this over and over, the more grace-oriented. And I'm coming along and it's like, yeah, 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 but you got to do something. It's both and. It's both and. God is by His grace with Him, walking with Him. Is not Jesus Grace. Yes, there is grace that is giving for salvation. Grace is giving. It's the power that is given to us to do what God has called us to do. Man, that flows. Grace flows. You almost don't even have to ask for it. It's good to continually ask for grace. He tells us to. But man, as I'm walking with Jesus, you just find yourself and you're in places and you're just in love and in obedience. And it just flows. Grace, and then you'll end up in places you have no business being. Last week, we also said um, the application. Well, I love this because this is not normally typical for Russia. So, work with all your might to expand your gospel vocabulary. Once again, did you do something this past week? to expand your gospel vocabulary. Why do we do that? Is it just so that my life will be better? I won't be as fearful? I won't be as anxious? I will have a more joyful life? Those are all good things, and yes, that is part of why we do. Because the gospel is great news. The other reason is, know your vocabulary. Know your gospel. The other question was, I think, um, how long could you talk about the gospel? This is one where I like to change the word going, how long could you talk about Jesus? Jesus. Ask me about my seven grandchildren. How long do you think I can talk about my grandchildren? Ask me about my wife. Almost 44 years, not counting dating. I can talk a lot about my wife, about your children. How long would you talk about Jesus? As I went into Ephesians, if you go back and look at those first three chapters, man, that'll, that'll expand your gospel vocabulary like no other. Just read it. Meditate on it. Let it stick with you. Memorize it. Did we do anything this past week to expand our gospel vocabulary? Why would we ask you to do that? This is where I like for it to be like ABF. Somebody answer me. Why would we ask you to do that? <laughs> There's all kinds of reasons, in there? But one of them is what? So we take this gospel. We're talking about mission. Are you sharing the gospel? You should be here this morning. ABF, Pastor Rush, what a great discussion. What was it about? Evangelism. How do we share our faith? How do you handle the weight of feeling like, guys, the responsibility is on me? How do we do this? How do we effectively do this? Interaction, things that are taking place, and going, well, this is why we gather. This is why we meet. Mission, so that you take the gospel to those who are perishing. We've been in Revelations, and, and, and it's 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 ugly. It's hard. People are going to be crushed. We'll spend eternity in hell forever. Forever, he also made state just how we—if we could just get a glimpse into hell, for just a few seconds—we want to be growing in these things to again catch the vision. We are a church plant that's grown into a church that needs to be a church planting church and that the gospel is paramount and that we have been commanded to take this gospel to the nations. To the nations. How long can you talk about your supreme treasure the love of your life in Jesus Christ? How can I not be anxious to tell somebody else about something that is the absolute love of my life? There were helpful things given this morning in accomplishing those things. These are the four pillars. This is the state of our church. I want to encourage you. We want you to be here and be committed. We've, we've said many times, nobody will be as committed as we are. For the most part. That's not to exalt us in any way. I don't want that to sound strange. If you want to come and lay your life down and you feel called to ministry, you come on. Because I, 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 that's, that's what I long for. I long to see all of you grow into full maturity in Christ Jesus. Loving one another, building this body in unity so that we are all strong, we're not tossed about, we're not, we're not thrown around by every wind of doctrine, but we are on course, men, and we know where we're going and the gospel is paramount and that's where we're going to keep it. And we will be doing this with the day that Jesus comes where we die and see Him face to face. Pray hard about leaving here. If God calls you, praise God. We're all for you. Go and get in the next church that you're going to be a part of. For the gospel. The state of the church its really about the state of the people, isn't it? We all determine what the state of this church is. What is the state of your life? I asked you earlier, what's the state of your community group? What's the state of your life? What's the state of my life as a pastor? I read an article this past week that too really challenged me. It said, be careful of being in love with the church that you want. And not in love with the people. If you ask me I would say I'm I'm pretty solid that I love you. A lot. But I also love the vision that I have of what I want this church to be like. And so it's easy for me when I see things that happen to get frustrated. Because I may be more in love of the the church that I want us to be. That's opposed to we're all at different maturity levels. We're all going to make different decisions. And it's for us to love one another so that we grow into love, a unity at all different levels of maturity in helping one another as we make those decisions in life and how we continue to move forward as a body of Christ. Men, man, I have a desire for you to be the most godly man that you can possibly be. That you would love your wife like Christ loved the church. That there would be nothing that would deter you to live your life for Jesus Christ. That it would be supreme. Other things wouldn't come in and steal that away. Don't settle. Your family will go no farther spiritually than you will lead them. You bring me a healthy family, we'll have a healthy church. We'll do everything we can to make sure you get there. I can promise you that. Final question What is the first importance to you? I want you to be encouraged. I know it's kind of challenging. But I want to I hope that we're holding the bar high that it is according to what Scripture calls us to. And the things that we have talked about, the things that we long for, the things we put in place that will keep us moving in that direction and help us. We are sinful men just like you. God has called us to a special calling with a lot of responsibility. Do all you can to make our job easy, enjoyable, as we do this together. That we're grabbing other young men and those that are maybe a little less mature than we are. Say, come on, come on, forsake that stuff. It doesn't matter. It's not important. It's not that important. Ask other men. You're making decisions. Ask other ladies. Christ, is this of first importance? Is this getting me to keeping that of first importance? What is of first importance to you? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. And as I reflect back and just... uh, being fortunate enough to be a part of this, Uh, being a part of being with Rush as he was moved by you, as you called him to come here to watch the process take place, to look at all you have done. We have so much to rejoice over. And so this morning we take some time and we rejoice and we are thankful. Keep us a thankful, humble people desperate for you we can do nothing apart from you we will labor hard but we know that it's all by your grace help us when we get weary in well-doing your grace would be sufficient your presence is there you never leave us you never forsake us help us to see as we look to heaven and the, the eternity that is to come and your kingdom that has come that we get overwhelmed by this world and pressed in that we would be encouraged, that we would encourage one another saying, come on, keep fighting, keep fighting. This This is so short, this is so temporary compared to what is to come. And then one day we'll see you face to face. Oh, how we long for that day. And we will praise you because anything that we accomplished here will be all because of what you did in us. Because we know you are the one who are sanctifying us that are moving us to keep these things important and to take this gospel so that you can glorify yourself and bring others to come to know you as Savior and Lord. Increase that in our church. Oh, how we long to see people being saved. It's been a while. It's been a while. Lord, we love you. Thank you so much for saving us. If someone sits here today and doesn't know you as Savior and Lord, I pray that you would continue to draw them as we talked about this morning. That the illustration of the lightning strike that doesn't make any sense without being here. But that as the gospel has gone forth, as your word goes forth, that you would be exalted, that you would draw them to yourself and that you would save them. Lord, we love you. Thank you for the privilege of being a part of this body. Help us to grow in loving one another at all levels, at all different stages of life, all different struggles because the way that we would love, that would shine to this gospel, this community the difference that the gospel makes. Thank you for saving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.